on today's show. The rumors are flying all around the NBA right now. Our good friend, friend of the pod, Jake Fisher, dropped a intel report from all the teams in the NBA. Ben Simmons stuff, Jeremy Grant stuff. There's all kinds of trade rumors. And the Dallas Mavericks were linked to several players. We'll get to you on today's show. Love you, Jake. <laughs> we'll talk about all that and more on today's Light on Mavericks. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Locked on Mavericks Podcast. believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making locked on maps your first listen every single day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube where you can subscribe and get us to 10k subs we're getting real close there thanks to everybody that has subscribed like our video subscribe leave a comment let us know let us know where you're listening watching this from right now let us know let us know country check in the comments right there uh joining me as always my co-host contributor writer at mavs.com the trade titan the one more thinking what you got for me isaac harris well, I just want to say thank you so much um, from all content creators out there in the NBA <laughs> world, um, people who do, you know, daily podcast uh, from all the blogs out there. Speaking on behalf of all NBA content creators out there, a public thank you to Jake Fisher um, for providing all of us content forever. I just love, I, I love when he does that. Like, get, give me the empty the notebook. Let's just go around the league, give you bits and pieces on every team. I enjoy that instead of some fluff of, all right, I got an update on Ben Simmons and Philly. He met with uh, management and um, same thing. It's like, okay, well, cool. They're no, yeah, they're no closer and neither is he. <laughs> He's no closer to coming back. They're no closer to trading him. You're like, come on, Woj. Yeah. Come I'm on. like, I, this isn't even an update. Yeah. I, I, as a consumer and as a, as a creator myself, I much prefer the Jake Fisher, like, uh, inside pass Sham Sharania piece that they, that they put out where it is all there, right? Written for me. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into that. We'll talk about all the rumors. Lots of stuff for the Dallas Mavericks mentioned in that. Great Quickly, though, album let's talk for about. Adele, by the way, <laughs> let's talk easy. Well, let's talk about the All Star voting. The All Star voting second round came out, and Isaac Harris, our guy, Luka Doncic. We got to get to voting, people. Do we? This is the big question we have to make. Luka Doncic is no longer number one, or he's no longer even in the starting spot for the fan vote. Now, fan vote only counts for 50% of what actually matters for for NBA All-Star starting. So just because he doesn't get the fan vote doesn't mean he won't start in the All-Star game. 50%, the other 50% comes from half media and half players get the vote. So, But John Morant, man, surged ahead of him. In this second round of voting, Chris Porzingis still is not on the Western Conference front court. Which hey guys, vote for Chris Porzingis too. The problem is Chris hasn't played since the last time that All Star voting came out. He is still Nick, out with health and safety that. protocols. He'll be out. He'll be out on Friday as well. If you're watch, listening and watching this on Friday, he's going to be out. That's his uh, was it his seventh game that he's missed. He's been out for two weeks now in health and safety protocols. So. Uh, Cool. Great. Great that they limited the the time you have to be in health and safety protocols to five games. Good job, NBA. Didn't work for KP. (laughs) KP's still out. But uh, Luka Doncic moves into second in the Western Conference. And 
I didn't see any outrage from Mavs fans. I saw all just, yep, John Morant deserves it, and he's in the spot now, and his team is killing it, and he's leading the pack, and good for him. That's all I saw from Mavs fans today. Because he does deserve it. I mean, what, you know, I've been, when that first round of, of votes came out, I was like, okay, I still think Luke is going to get this. Like, the votes, the stats, I think Dallas will stay in that five to six range. I was expecting some type of fall off from Memphis. That just isn't happening. They've won 10 games in a row. Like they just passed. Have they lost since the first time the fan voting came out? I don't know. I don't think they have, (laughs) but here's the thing. They just passed Utah in the standings. They're they're third in the West now. So like now they've moved themselves up into that elite status in the West. And this is the first time that I, I think Luca has a very, you know, a very tough, uh, it's a very tough position for him right now for him to start over Ja. And no matter no matter if you know he does pass him in votes and stuff, I still think you know there's a good chance Ja gets you know the player and media vote. Now I don't know if starting matters for Luca. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter for me. I'm not sure it matters to fans either. Maybe it does. They just want him to play well so that he earns that starting spot. But you just get the all-star berth and you just get the all-star selection and it says all-star in your career the rest of the time. It doesn't say all-star starter, all-star bench. So not sure that that matters too much, but it is interesting to see John Morant surging ahead of him. And here we are with it, but let's get into some of the, the rumors and things that came out. Um, there was an actual trade that happened quickly. We'll we'll touch on this. Cam Reddish traded to the New York Knicks for a you know first round pick from the Charlotte Hornets that's top eighteen protected, and then you know the protections kind of change until it becomes two second round picks, and then also um, yeah, Kevin Knox goes back to the Hawks. So what the Hawks did is they opened up a, a roster spot, they got a pick back. And they got a little trade exception. The Knicks got Cam Reddish. They got um, off of Kevin Knox, I guess. <laughs> and then now they have this uh, this Cam Reddish player to uh, try and figure out if he's worth all of the uh, you know all the the hubbub that Atlanta Hawks fans talked about with him when he was put in the uh, the Luka Doncic trade. Here's the thing: I, I just thought I, I I thought I read something wrong when this trade happened because I feel like for so long. For especially over the past year, ever since that playoff series, we've heard so much crap about how good Cam Reddish is and how, oh my gosh, we got Trey and Cam. Like, we won this trade. It's like, well, congrats. You just turned Cam Reddish into Kevin Knox in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay. So, like, I don't under, I don't understand. I, I guess that, I guess I bought into some of the, like, hype of like okay what they do trading man they're gonna get like you know pretty dang good value back and he's gonna be like the young piece and a bigger deal to get him a brad beal or something like that and i was just kind of surprised by the value coming back from it because of how much i feel like we've kind of heard of oh cam man he's just like kind of rising young player and he just needs opportunity type thing so i mean he might be really good in new york and i hope he is it's nothing against him it's just what I feel like I, 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 I fell victim to the the hype, you know. Well, and he goes into Milwaukee in the playoffs. He doesn't play any games. And then he comes back and he hits those six threes against Milwaukee in that game. Uh, what was it? I guess that was game six for them and the game that they got closed out on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they that was a big hype game for him on national stage and all that. So you start seeing that and you're like, oh, he's this rising guy. But, yeah, he ends up getting traded. And the thing for the Hawks, I understand this trade on both sides because I, I understand – for the Hawks, 
they shopped Cam Reddish for a while. He was available mm. in trades for a long time. We heard him in rumors for a, a while now. And they they shopped him around and shopped him around, and they tried to figure out, okay, is anybody interested in this guy? Can we put him in as a sweetener, like you said, for a Bradley Beal-type trade or somebody else for a bigger piece? Can we sweeten the deal with this smaller contract of, of Cam Reddish that has some tantalizing potential? Turns out to not be the case. And so then they decide, well, let's just get the asset of the first-round pick that we can then use that as a sweetener, which is probably sweeter to a lot of teams than a player that's already in the NBA. We've seen him a little bit. Maybe something like probably half the front offices are already out on him, maybe more or less, um, already have an opinion on him. Let's give them the chance to make their pick with the, with an actual draft pick. So but that's not a the good ra- pick, right? It's top 18, right? Top 18 protected, but mm. I mean, it you get know, that pick get- in the 20s. I mean, you know what you know what draft picks are though. They're like they're used. They're new cars, and as soon as they're off the lot, they're used cars. Cam Reddish is in a used car right now, so especially if a team gets it and they've been like scouting a player playing down the street from them, and <laughs> they could get that guy. So there you go. All right, that's that's the trade that happened. Can the Mavericks get in on the John Collins situation? Are there more trades to be happening? I'll say, in let's stay with Atlanta on this. Atlanta has more moves to make. I think this is a very this is very much a table setting move for the Hawks. So coming up, let's get into that. Let's start with the Atlanta angle of the Jake Fisher piece about the Dallas Mavericks with John Collins mentioned. We'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet to put down some money on sports. And win some money too. We talk about putting down your money, but you're supposed to. The idea is that you win money. So uh, go check it out. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Let's check in on some of our. Uh, okay, Cowboys still a three point favorite against the 49ers. Bengals still a five point favorite against the Raiders. Bills still a four point favorite over the Patriots. That seems wild. The beginning of the season, the Bills were supposed to be this really great team, and they just haven't really produced that. Uh, Bucks eight and a half point favorite over the Eagles. Come on, the Bucks are going to beat the Eagles by more than eight and a half points, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. So go ahead if you feel that strongly about that one. Go put some money down on them. Hopefully you win some. Let us know if you win some from Bet Online. Tweet us. Let us know in the YouTube comments and uh, Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into this piece from Jake Fisher. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff on Ben Simmons, but lots of stuff on the Dallas Mavericks. The first one here, John Collins has a lot of fans around the league. San Antonio and Dallas have frequently been linked as suitors for some time on John Collins. Isaac, why are the Mavs interested in John Collins, and do you see it as a fit? Well, I mean, he's shooting 44% from three, uh, 17 points a game, eight rebounds, and you're talking about a guy who can run a pick and roll. Um, you know, pick and roll, pick and pop with Luka. That's the that's the fit, you know. That's imagine a. This is it's, no slight to Dwight, but I was it's gonna, gonna say be, this is Dwight Powell that can <laughs> shoot the ball really well and do pretty much everything else better. That was the voice of Nick Angstead. Nick said that was that. me. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, I did not say that. I would never say something like that. Um, so he's the better version of Dwight Powell, and that I mean that's the that's the role, right? I mean, yep. There you go. There you go. Super athletic, super bouncy. Also six um, nine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They, I mean, the lobs that Luca would throw to John Collins would be absolutely nasty. So, yeah, he he would fit in Dallas. Like, there's no no doubt about that. And you could, and you could, I think he fits next to KP. You could figure out a way for him and KP to play next to each other as well. You could start talking about okay, well, in the playoffs against certain matchups, yeah, you could do that about lots of players. But yeah, John Collins would absolutely be a fit. The Mavericks and the Spurs as suitors next to. Um, for for John uh, Collins is interesting. I do want to say this. 
I would worry a little bit about the his issues in Atlanta. How would it be different in Dallas as far as like uh, shots? You know, how many shots is he wanting? Because right now, uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but we have two guys that like shots and Luca and KP. Um, I don't know what that package would be to get a John Collins because, you know, they already have Trey, obviously. So I don't think they're trying to, you know, package or you know pair up Trey and Jalen Brunson. I just don't know what that looked like, but that's my only thing. I'd be like, mm, okay, what's the difference, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure the Mavericks have a deal that really makes sense or stands out as one like, oh, this is an obvious deal. We do see deals all the time that don't make sense. We're like, how, yeah. why, how did they get this guy? I mean, we even thought the Porzingis deal didn't really make a whole lot of sense yeah. when it first happened. So, um, but yeah, with with John Collins, he would fit. He hits the three. He he's also a guy that just tries real hard. It's another one of those Dwight Powell type comparisons where he tries hard. He's a guy that gives a crap. He's out there. He's running hard. He's doing a lot of that stuff. And so I think that that he could fit with the culture of this Mavericks team as well. Um, I'm not sure how the shots would work out and all that kind of stuff, but he would get a lot of open threes. <laughs> he would be taking more than three open threes a game. I would tell you that. Highlights, man. Like we, would, I mean, we would legit have some nasty highlights, a dunker, all of that. Now, I'll say this with the Atlanta piece of Fisher's report: John Collins was not the name that uh, I got kind of excited about. Okay, it was that it was that one little sentence there uh, about DeAndre Hunter mm. of. Fisher says there was also a belief among rival front offices that the Hawks would be willing to part with DeAndre Hunter to bring a significant veteran contributor to Atlanta. <clears throat> I love DeAndre Hunter. So I don't know what that significant veteran type of player is, but a huge fan of DeAndre Hunter. Oh, absolutely. He's like the defensive wing that you really want that can do a little bit more, right? We saw him play against Luca in that first game in this season where we're like oh man is he a guy that could actually shut down Luca and he did a pretty good job he can also step out and shoot the three a little bit he can do a little bit off the dribble like he's just a guy that does a lot of different things and he'd be great he'd be great on this team the problem is again who do you send for him this is not like you know yeah. a team that you would send Brunson to would you want to even send Brunson to them um but yeah he, he he's a very interesting name on the market right now yeah for sure so, uh, is there another team that stood out to you? I mean, there's so many different Mavs references in this, but yeah, there's some more. So we've been talking about Miles Turner a lot recently. Uh, Miles Turner appears to be the likeliest Indiana Pacers player to be traded before the deadline, with a list of suitors that includes the Mavericks, Minnesota, hey, New York, Sacramento, Charlotte, Portland, and also Toronto as well. That's a lot of teams linked to Miles Turner. The Charlotte one stands out to me a lot. That seems to be the favorite as far as NBA media people that really makes a lot of sense. They need a center badly. Yeah, but, and in Minnesota, like, I that guess. sort of weird. You want to pair them together, cool. I mean, New York, I, I, I guess, you know, we've talked about the Dallas fit a lot. The thing that surprised me a little bit or, like, at least raised my eyebrows on was that last sentence in that Fisher paragraph. Once again, you can find this on Bleacher Report. It says the Pacers asking price is said to include multiple first-round picks. Love you, Miles, but um, not for two first. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's a player for two first. However, we did get uh, Robert Covington for two first last year. So if you get in a bidding war with any anybody, this this he seems like a guy that could end up being in a bidding war with all these teams trying to get him. But is Sacramento get with with Rashawn Holmes? Are they getting that desperate to where they're in a bidding war for Miles Turner? 
I'm not. I don't think so. New York, they already yeah. have Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. Like, are they that desperate? Like, yes, Miles Turner is better than those guys, but are they that desperate to try and get somebody like that? Um, Minnesota, we mentioned Portland. They don't even have. They're, they're not going to have Damian Lillard for a while now. Their their season seems to be over already. Are they going to be in that desperate to try and trade for him? Yeah. I don't think so. You also Toronto, don't what- Toronto, and uh, and Toronto and Charlotte are the two teams that really stand out to me. As oh, maybe they could get in there and start a bidding war. Charlotte for sure. I think that's a natural marriage there. But you also don't know what Indiana wants though. Like, well, they want two firsts. <laughs> okay, yes. But as far as like roster stuff, they have Sabonis. Okay, were well, you trading for another big? Well, why, why don't you just keep Miles Turner? Are you trading for a point guard? Well, they have Brogdon. So I think if they made some other deals, then it's like then it kind of makes sense. But are they looking for more wings? Are they looking? You know, are they going to try to offload Brogdon at some point? So then, like, a Brunson type would make sense for them? I, I just don't know what they want and what Rick wants. Actually, I know what Rick wants, but... Yeah, right. Toronto has all their picks. Charlotte is in a position where they have to send one to Atlanta. And so they're kind of they're kind of tapped out with picks for a little while here. First-round picks, at least. So that's an interesting thing to monitor as far as the Miles Turner situation goes. Mm. Who knows? But he would... He, uh, would, would you rather have... Miles Turner or John Collins? Think about what the price is going to be and everything. It's a good question. Uh, I think I would go with John Collins. Miles Turner but, makes half you know, of what he a... does. That's tough, man. It's it's tough because the contract, the what they actually like, the position they actually play. Because I may go with Miles Turner in this one. Here's the deal. I think. And I could just be, I mean, you're talking to somebody who just said that I got, was totally off base on the Cam Radish thing. So I could be off, really off on this. I feel like there would be a way, possibly, that Dallas could get Miles Turner without giving up one of their three of, you know, Luka K.P. Brunson. And I would be much more open to get Miles Turner if that was the case. I don't think you can get, like, if you're getting John Collins like one or two of, you know, KP and Brunson are in that deal going somewhere. The value is higher and the contract is higher. So you have to send more out to go get him. And so, yeah, yes. that makes sense. That's that, that factors into my, I would take Turner over John Collins too. As players, I would probably take John Collins, just higher talent. You can see him fit with Luca really well, all that. But also shout out to Atlanta and the, uh, you know, the money they spent in free agency that a lot of Mavs fans got upset that Dallas didn't spend that money. And now they're, sh- you know, they're shopping the same players that they spent all the money on uh, Gallo and some of these, you know, contracts, but Hey, you know what? Let's be bad at the Mavs for not you know signing those players. And uh, they have a worse record than the Mavericks. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Uh, a name we haven't talked about a lot is Dennis Schroeder. Uh, mm. Dennis Schroeder is listed as definitely going to be traded, I think. Uh, John Corrales, Locked on Celtics, has been talking about Schroeder as a player that is definitely going to be traded for a while now. He's been talking about him as a name. It's like they're not going to pay him. They don't want to go in the luxury tax just to get, you know, just to bring back Dennis Schroeder. He's on that r- weird one-year deal because he didn't get that. He didn't sign that extension with the Lakers, and so then he had to go out and find his own money. He couldn't find his own money. He ended up being one of the last players in free agency. The Celtics picked him up for, like, nothing. He's making, like, $5 million or something like that. And so the, the teams listed to him are New York, the Knicks, Cleveland, and then Dallas is a team mentioned with Dennis Schroeder. He's a name we've talked about for years i think even before he was in okc i think we talked about dennis Schroeder as a name 
that could come in and fit for the Mavericks. So coming up, let's get into Dennis Schroeder, have a larger conversation about his fit with the Mavericks. What would it possibly take to get him since he's not making that much money? How do you put a trade together for Dennis Schroeder? So let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built.com. This website is a company, and they make incredible bars. They're very good. As proof, I ate one today. We won't do ASMR because apparently people hate it. <laughs> really? I do too, so I'm with you. <laughs> but this is a wrapper of a built Bar that I ate today. Coconut brownie chunk. They're absolutely delicious. Um, somebody DM'd me. One of our listeners DM'd me and said that they saw one in a store. Mm. An actual store. It piqued my interest. So maybe you'll be seeing your built Bars in stores. But for now, you can get them on the website, built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. They just brought back the raspberry cheesecake. You can check that out. Get yourself some coconut brownie chunk. I actually need some more coconut brownie chunk. So maybe I'll just add some to my cart right here and buy them while I'm doing the ad, while I'm doing the ad read. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. Go check it out, built.com. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself some very tasty, very good protein bars for you. Check it out, built.com. Built.com. All right, Isaac Harris. Dennis Schroeder is on the trade block right now for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are having just this weird, disappointing season Oof. where they are 500 right now, and it seems like a miracle that they're 500, which is, is strange for them. I got miracles. Talk about a team that has the exact same roster for a while and is like still having a disappointing season. Like it feels like the Celtics yeah. and the Mavericks are in very similar situations in that whole thing. Maybe they should just switch Jalen Brown and uh, Chris Porzingis and maybe it'll work out for both of them. Maybe they should just try that. I think that would work. I think that would work. Ooh. Um, so we're going to talk about Dennis Schroeder and, uh, I just I love Jalen. The, the Brown, Celtics would so, the Celtics uh, would not do that. The Celtics wouldn't do that. I don't think. I don't think they would. I'm going out on a limb there, um, saying that <laughs> I don't think Boston would. But I I like um, I like Jalen Brown. There's another package out there. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to Schroeder though. Dennis Schroeder has this weird one year deal. He's he's there for the Celtics. He's kind of starting. He's not starting at times. They're trying to figure out what to do with him. He's been out a little bit here and there. Uh, but he's still putting up numbers, 16 points a game, just about four and a half assists. He's shooting 34% from three, which is just about his career average. He has shot better from three recently. But, uh, but yeah, he's a creating, attacking point guard that you can put in. He can be a secondary-type creator on a team. We saw him for that Thunder team be a really good complementary piece next to even Chris Paul, another you know ball-dominant point guard that you, can, uh, that you can see that that could really work out. Dennis Schroeder fits with the Mavs. Like he fits all the things we talked about. And I've mentioned him several times, like this stealth, um, as a stealth. <laughs> it's just fell asleep. This, uh, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> We're having some video issues, but I'm wondering okay. if, I'm wondering if it will translate for YouTube. <laughs> it looks pretty, it looks pretty good on my end. So, uh, Isaac, just, <laughs> if you're not watching on YouTube, Isaac just leaned back and just like his eyes closed and it maybe froze on my screen, but it looked like you were asleep for a good like 15 you fr- seconds. You froze a handful of times on my end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Dennis Schroeder, he fits as a guy that could be a secondary creator for the Mavericks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you said his stats. I, this is it. Am I, am I still frozen now? <laughs> but this is a type of player that when you look at the Mavs roster and we're like, all right, we go, you know, nine, 10 deep sometimes. <clears throat> What's a consolidation type of move? You know, he makes such a, 
a low amount of money for Boston, what do they want? So let's just say it's consolidate, you know, consolidation. Sterling Brown, Nilakina, and a second round pick. Boston gets you know a little bit of depth. They're going to lose him. They're going to lose him for nothing, right? They, who that, else is going to? That's that's the thing. It's like you know, one. Why is Boston trading him? Like they're they're trying to make the playoffs. So it, if it's like a non fit type of thing, then. You know, they get Nilakina, Sterling Brown, some wing depth, a second round pick out of it. For Dallas, Dallas sitting there saying, All right, well, we're just gonna throw Schroeder into the Jalen Brunson bench role. And and you know, our now our bench is gonna yeah. if Brunson's full time starter, now the bench unit will be Schroeder, Reggie Bullock, Maxi, you know, whoever else after that. And then therefore you're shrinking the rotation, right? You're consolidating you're two for one, you know, type of deal. Marquis Chris, then, you know, could get that. Or maybe it's Willie, you know. I don't know how low the value is, but could you do Willie in a second for Dennis Schroeder? And then Boston gets another center out of it. So, like, that's the type of – I'm just throwing hypothetical type of deals. It seems yeah. like his value is kind of low right now for Boston. Like, I don't – I could be wrong. Once again, I don't think they're getting, like, a first-round pick for Dennis Schroeder. You could do Willie and Frank plus a pick. Yeah, so, like – I'm down. You send for a Moses some. Brown back in Willie. <laughs> I don't care to throw around second round picks. I know some people out there get all you know hung up no, over second out. rounders. Throw like, throw hey, yeah, let me know about AJ Hammonds. But that's you know. So anyway, I think Dennis Schroeder is very possible. I think the role of what Dallas would want is very clear, and I think he would fit in Dallas coming off the bench. Let's play a German little bit connection of- too. Let's have some fun and some hypotheticals. Let's say the Mavericks found out some way to get Miles Turner and Dennis Schroeder. They kept Luca, Porzingis, Jalen Brunson. Say they kept like Dorian too. They better. How's it? How's it? How's it change for this team? What is the the ceiling? How's the ceiling change? How did the how does the team change? The, the dynamics change? How does it change for the Mavs? Let's say they try to get both Turner and Dennis Schroeder. I think it'd be better. I, I think I would have put a little bit higher ceiling. I think everything, everything would just hinge on, I would have to see Turner and KP together. Like what, how do they fit defensively? How are they switching? How, you know, what does that look like? That That's my only thing. And, but on paper, yeah, on paper, cause your parent, your parents, two seven footers. That's just not an easy, that's not an easy task for any team. I mean, how many team out? How many teams out there? Really good teams are pairing two seven footers together. Not not very many. So that's my only thing is I just have to see how it fits before I'd be like, mm, all right, I think y'all could, you know, be in the finals type thing. They would obviously add more talent, right? It would add more talent. Yeah. It would add the two things they need in a playmaker, and it would add a rim protector. Those are the two things Mavericks need, which is why they're attached to these two players in the first place, right? So yeah. it makes sense for those for those guys. So. Um, and yeah, and both of their values are pretty low right now. Dennis Schroeder's is really low right now because the Celtics are giving him up for, you know, for reasons that they, they don't want to re-sign him this summer. So they're just going to lose him for nothing. So they just want to get something out of this whole thing because they, they're not going to get anything later down the road. Miles Turner may be a bidding war for him, may cost a little bit more than we expect. I, I want to say this about Miles Turner. I wonder, so in, you know, Fisher's Dallas portion of this article, which go, once again, Bleacher Report, go read it. He puts in there, Rick Carlisle was known as Finney Smith's biggest advocate in Dallas, sources said, and Indiana has been mentioned as a potential destination. Is Dorian a hang-up for Dallas to get Turner? 
Like, what if there's been a deal on the table already and Indiana's like, we want Dorian Finney-Smith. We want him to be a starter next to Sabonis. Whoever we el- whoever else we get at that center spot, we want him to be a starter for us. Rick loves him. And what if Dallas is like, man, no. Like, <laughs> no. Like, is Dorian... I think that's a question for Mavs fans is, would Dorian be the hang-up for you to get Miles Turner? And that's tough for me. Like, that, that's really tough because... Y'all know how much we love Dorian Finney-Smith. And in this article, it says teams are circling Dorian Finney-Smith as a strong trade candidate in Dallas because of it. He's going to be a free agent too, like Jalen Brunson and all of that. So Turner makes $17 million. Dorian makes $4 million this year. And so you try to start a trade, and you're like, okay, well, you got to put $13 more million into the trade. Maybe you throw Dwight Powell in there too, a, a, a Rick favorite as, as well. <laughs> You still have to make up like a two and a half million. So maybe you throw in, I mean, that's the, that's your Trey Burks, your Sterling Browns, your, um, you know, Willie Colley Steins, those, those type of guys is, is Dwight Dorian and Willie like enough to get miles Turner. I'm not sure. Can you throw in another, can you throw in a pick there? And then all of a sudden, what's your team then your team is, you know, miles Turner and KP have to figure that out. And your wing depth does take a hit right there. Then it's, you're relying on Reggie Bullock a lot. You're relying on Sterling Brown, Sterling Brown a lot to step into that role. You're asking Josh Green to do a lot more too and to step up into an, another role. So yeah, that'd be that'd be the interesting thing. I don't think it would be a hang up for me. I think I would rather have Turner than Dorian. As much as I love Dorian, I've talked about that. I would much rather have. have I think uh, I go the opposite. I don't think I would. Really? No, just because I, I, I think, think a wing defender is so much more important than having two seven footers. Ooh, I'm the I think the opposite because I think a really good rim an elite rim protector, which is what Miles Turner is, is better than having one wing defender. That's and Dorian's not like an elite wing wing defender. He's not one. Of, he's not like a you know Ben Simmons, Draymond. He's not one of those guys. He's not Kawhi. Yeah, but the moment you trade for Miles Turner, you're starting Miles Turner and Kristaps Porzingis. There's no way around. It's that. true. So it's you're true. committed to the two seven footers in a in a league and in a playoffs that. I mean, we're talking switches, point guards, if KB everything. Plays. <laughs> yeah, but factoring that's that's one of the thing is it's like, man, then you're elevating everybody. You're asking a lot of Josh Green then, and you're asking you him are. to play up to his size too when they play, yep. you know, guys like Kawhi and Paul George and these big, you know, wing guys. So I don't know. I think I don't think I would. I don't think I I would if it if the cost was Dorian. I don't think I would do it. It's interesting. Let us know. Let us know in the comments what you think about in, Dorian in that current construction. And, and like Miles if it, yeah, if it was like a three team deal and you're getting back another like wing defender type. I just think wing defenders are you would like to go to to commit to two seven footers and then to go down to say all right, Josh Green, Reggie Sterling Brown. You guys are like you're the wing people now so i anyway it's interesting it there's a lot to consider in that for sure let us know in the comments what you think um the last thing here jake fisher mentions teams are circling dorian finney smith as a strong trade candidate in dallas also mentioned jalen brunson both these guys entering free agency get away financials the financial squeeze on the mavericks will likely be too significant to retain both the mavericks have not paid the tax since 2011 i believe that's the last time the mavericks actually paid the tax for a roster um and so Teams around the league are looking at both those guys the same way we're looking at some of these other guys like Dennis Schroeder and others to say, hey, well, the Mavericks aren't going to pay these guys because they don't want to 
go into the tax just to keep this same roster that everybody's <laughs> been complaining about. So, and I think it might surprise people how, how much money Dorian could get this summer. Yeah, we've seen wings make a ton. Remember that year that Alan Crabb made like sixteen million a year? Yeah. Well, I mean, you just you go go. <laughs> everybody just go to you know salaries on hoops hype for players and just start looking at guys quality wing players. Look at a Doug McDermott making thirteen. Look at a Marcus Smart making fourteen, fifteen a year. Like, you know, we we have become accustomed to seeing Dorian at a four million dollar mark. Like this dude's gonna make over ten, maybe fifteen million dollars a year next year. Like that that's not unrealistic to me. It's a big thing for Nico Harrison and Mark Cuban to have to weigh, but we will be following it all. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We will be back covering all the games. Isaac's about to go on vacay. He's about to go and hang out for a while. So if you like me, this is a good time for you. If you're just listening for Isaac, this next week is probably not for you. We got Mavs play the Grizzlies on Friday night. They play the Magic on Saturday and then the Thunder on Monday. So a lot of big games coming up for the Mavericks to hopefully Some good back. guests lined up too. Good guests lined up for me. So we'll have a lot more people to hear from. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.